Greetings and welcome to episode three of You Had Me at Halo, where we talk about everything past, present, and future of one of gaming's most storied franchises. For today's topics, we're going to first take a look at the current news of the week. We have a couple book release dates. We're going to talk about uh, the Halo book Shadows of Reach and Master Chief story. And then we're also going to talk about the Halo art book and its release date, because this might have some impact on Halo Infinite's release date. We're also going to take a look at the year 2001. And if these rumored release dates line up, what does this mean for Xbox, the platform? And does Halo matter as much for Xbox's success with Bethesda on the mix uh, compared to before? Finally, we're going to take a step back into the past and talk about our favorite level in Halo and take some community questions. But first, let's meet our Spartan team. Joining me today is Spartan Mike, a.k.a. Kage Maru. How's it going, Mike? Hey, going good. How's it going, everyone? Feeling good. Feels like we did this before. (laughs) Deja vu. (laughs) Next up, we have Spartan Soul Blazer. How's it going, Soul? Hey, going pretty good. I've definitely not said that before. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we have Spartan Jesse, a.k.a. Don Cabeza. How's it going, Jesse? I'm going to be the one who doesn't mention that we just lost the first recording of this. (laughs) Darn. I mean, uh, my favorite level is the library. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, Spartan Austin, a.k.a. Bruven. How's it going, Bruven? Hey, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, finally. (laughs) Finally, as your host today, it's Spartan One Bad Mother. And if you can't tell, we've we've done this before. Uh, We kind of messed up on some, had some technical issues. So uh, we should be... Well rehearsed and uh, have our best uh, first half hour of a show ever. It was definitely we. It was not, it was not just one single person. That, that was a group. That was a group failure. <laughs> so, sure. Uh, all right. So, Don, I bet you don't know this question's coming to you. Um, we're going to first start off talking about the, the Halo book, Shadows of Reach, a Master's Chief story. It is coming out in 12 days. And since you are the, the, the aficionado of the books and you really you know the most here in regards to the Halo lore, I wanted to kick this one off to you so you can talk about that a little bit and what it might mean for you know Halo Infinite and, and just the story overall. Hey, I'm the aficionado because I'm the only one that can read. I never never <laughs> made that one. All right. Yeah, so Shadow. It, it was not funny the first time, but okay, good. I mean, it wasn't the truth. It's not supposed to be funny. It's just the truth. Anyways, uh, Halo Shadows of Reach, a Master Chief story. It's coming on October 20th. Written by author Troy Denning. He's done six now with counting this one. First three were mostly based around building up Halo 5. And the last three have all been about building up Master Chief. Uh, They're good. I I like the ones I've read, which were the Master Chief ones. I didn't read the other ones I've been meaning to. Um, They've got a short synopsis. It's about Blue Team returning to Reach to get through the rubble to try and get back to Castle Base and into uh, Dr. Halsey's lab for some mysterious reason. We don't know right off the bat because I would 
they give away the book and then it's not as fun to read. Um, and but they run into a ruthless alien faction, which literally screams the banished. New, and they just say new the banished. ruthless alien faction. Yeah, they didn't just say the banished because this synopsis came up before the banished were confirmed by toys uh, for Halo Infinite. <laughs> so this takes place one year after Halo Five, and a year or so, I believe, before Infinite. And it, it's a bridge story. Uh, Kage Maru really hopes that it isn't necessary for Halo Infinite because that pisses him off. Right, Truth. That's like on. Um, so yeah, it's a bridge story. Blue team, get them out of the way because they're not a part of Infinite. Probably not killing them, just having them get captured or leaving or something. Maybe killing them, but that'd be one, weird in the book. Two, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, they almost killed him in the past. Yeah, um, and they kind of did. Like, yeah, the Bad Blood book broke up Team Osiris, so I'm sure, and that'll get further explained in Infinite, I'm sure, when they're talking about in the Infinity, like when they had that cutscene that showed dead for pretty much every uh, friendly tag for the uh, Infinity crew. So I am hoping that this is a good bridge story, that this is both something that adds flavor to Halo Infinite gives a little closure to Halo 5, but that everything that is important in this book is also laid out clearly in Halo Infinite. That is one of the issues they had with the Halo 4 and Halo 5 books, where like characters like Jewel and Dama were very interesting and very good in the books, got almost nothing in Halo 4, and then got murdered real quick in Halo 5. I mean, Jewel and Dama was mostly just in Spartan Ops as being talked about, because 4 was mostly about the Didact. So as long as this one doesn't fall into that same trap, gosh darn it, I think it'll be a-okay. We will be covering it for the site. I'll most likely do a book review, which I've never done, so it'll probably suck. But hey, it's fun. <laughs> you know, I feel like I, I have, have something to, to say, but it's already been said, so I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we already know all about it, and the, the customers don't care. They're not even paying for this. <laughs> well, so I want to ask you about that, because, you know, one of the things that that they said in the synopsis was that <clears throat> this story is going to exist uh, with by itself, right? It's not going to be something you need to have to play the games for and vice versa. But you mentioned that they've already been doing some things in the books that have, that seem to have drastic implications towards the overall story. So I think just because the, just because Halo Infinite is supposed to exist by itself and, and just because you don't need to have read the books to, to play the game uh, doesn't necessarily mean that major things can't still happen in this. Is that right? Yeah, no, they're, they're only pretty good about that. Um, in the past, with having referenced things that were then referenced in the games a bit, they weren't very good with some of the... Um, like. You really needed to watch all of the... Um, the cutscenes that were in four when you found the terminals to get the didact's reasoning on why he hated humanity so much. That type of really big plot stuff wasn't great in four, was even worse in five because five was so slapped together. Um, for anyone yeah. who's looking for this synopsis, it's on any site you can buy it, like yeah. Amazon is what I'm reading it on. It's three paragraphs, it's not too long. Um, Cortana's being a real jerk. You know, controlling tons of uh, planets around the galaxy. Blue team's going in, looking for a MacGuffin 
that we don't know what it is yet in uh, Halsey's lab, and they run into the brute or that the uh, may prove to be humanity's last hope. Uh, one thing with mm -hmm. these books and all, all novels in general, especially Halo novels, is you always have some kind of uh, big threat in the books, and yeah. it usually has to be like world ending because you know the book needs its own scale. You can kind of tell by the wording of the book, uh, may prove to be humanity's last hope that it's probably not going to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, the um, one of the hints we got in the trailers for Infinite, um, the second trailer where he's walking into uh, a map room, and or he's walking into a control room, and Cortana starts talking, but it's not a whole Cortana. Yep, it's nice Cortana. So I would imagine if they're looking for nice Cortana, another copy of her, versus actually finding nice Cortana in Infinite. That's my prediction. Actually, that Back makes a lot you. of sense, yeah. yeah. And in Halsey's original lab, maybe there could be some piece of like, maybe Halsey has another brain, another brain cloned. Who knows? He might have made multiple and, yeah. you know, trying to, but who knows? Maybe original, now rampant a-hole Cortana, you know, blew it up or something. These are all guesses. Yeah. Guessing's fun. Yeah. Um, now, some interesting stuff. Now, one thing I do want to ask a question of, because we mentioned that new entity probably means the Banished, but didn't the Banished, they've already been established from the Halo Wars 2, though, correct? So is it possible? Know, like Their big thing was they also got trapped out on the Ark, so they really haven't been doing much lately. They're becoming yeah. super powerful and everything. It's like, I think they're coming back with a lot of Promethean tech from the Ark. They've talked about the Harbinger in that um, soliloquy the guy gave at the end there. Yeah. It's yeah. Going on and on. He said, the Will of Atriox and the Harbinger. And Will of Atriox could mean he's dead, could mean he's alive. Because at the end of the DLC for Halo Wars 2, huge spoiler. One, two, three. All right, stop listening if you uh, you don't want to be spoiled. Let me, let me mute my um, headphones. I don't want to be spoiled. <laughs> because at the, the the DLC for Halo Wars 2 is you play as the Banished, and it's called Awakening the Nightmare. They, uh, a couple of brother brutes, really want, one of them wants to make a bunch of money and a name for himself. So they go into the um, remains of High Charity, which is infested with flood. So they release the flood. There's new grave mines being um, created by it from all the corpses. So... Atrox and all them pretty much still fighting the flood at the end of that DLC and that's set a few years before Infinite so who knows if he made it out of that or if he made a deal with the whoever this Harbinger is and they're working with the flood got no flipping clue I thought the Harbinger was Cortana that's what I thought I kind of figured too yeah. actually my, no my initial name. thought was uh, what's that guy's name uh, the didact? No, no, the other guy. Um, the primordial. Warden. That's my initial thought. Uh, Especially if, if it takes place on Zeta Halo. That's what I think. They didn't murder him, though. I mean, can he actually Well, die? there's still parts of the primordial that's still around. Did they put him in the time, in the book? All right, obviously this is all lore from the, um, the Forerunner the trilogy. Right? Uh, Silent the ISO, the was it the isodidact put him into a, a reverse or like a time lock, but instead of freezing time, he accelerated greatly and aged him millions of years, and he died. So Did he that's really really up. die though. I feel like he might not have, you know. Well, I mean, it's a book. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, I mean, also he's basically the flag, he brought right? back spark. So, so yeah, yeah, that's true. It was it was done well though. I thought it was fantastic. It was the heart of that trilogy. Yeah, yeah, that was a great reveal. Oh man. 
So, so Austin or Mike, uh, do either one of you have any thoughts about this? I sure do. Here? Let me just go <laughs> on for eight minutes. I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I'm talking about. <laughs> that it's wasn't not, a very it's good It's not impression. nice for you to make fun of Austin like that. <laughs> he can take it. Um, <laughs> not, not, I don't really have any thoughts. I'm just listening. I, I don't really read the books. I'm yeah, you just you guys talk. Austin's just here to carry us when we play Fire Team, <laughs> you know, or squad up. Just like Jesse uh, touched on, really, as long as they explain everything at the opening of Infinite, and I understand that they did say they would. Um, I, I just hope that anyone that doesn't follow the books that goes straight from Five to Infinite, they're not left hanging on what happened to Team Osiris, the Blue Team. Uh, you know what what happened with Cortana becoming the main antagonist, uh, tra- you know, tra- uh, and then traversing over into Halo Infinite. And uh, the one thing that I may or may not have said in our imaginary recording was, uh, it's it's interesting how they're um, how they're more they're embracing the lore or the uh, the Halo Reach lore. Or canon versus what Bungie did previously with the books, like uh, that that whole divide or disconnect, uh, not disconnect, but that that contrast between how Bungie did it and how three four three is doing it, yeah. I find interesting. Well, Bungie retconned a bunch of stuff in Reach, right? Like they changed, changed a few things. You yeah. can still make it fit. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. The main one being Cortana having been in service before she was in um, the Reach game in the book. She was already. Active some some placements. It's nothing huge. Well, for the thing part, it was just a little bit, there were some head scratchers for some well, fans. It, there were head scratchers with Halo Reach if you didn't get the Legendary Edition, because if you got the Legendary Edition, you got Cortana's um, what do you call it? Journal. Um, journal. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I mean Halsey's uh, where, yeah, or, yeah. or Halsey, yeah, Halsey's journal, where the Cortana that you saw in Reach, and again, this the whole bad storytelling isn't exclusive to 343. It definitely goes back to Bungie because the Cortana that you saw in Reach was a uh, part, uh, a splinter of herself that mm-hmm. she was being, that she, her, she was being used to process the information from those caves, from that artifact. So, and then I'm assuming that once you got her back to um, the ship, she was merged with the main, so. Yeah, that's how I always took it. It was keep her yeah. from the Covenant because she knows too much if they get to her. And we need full Cortana at all of her processing power. You know. Also, technically, it's isn't like it, having uh, one of your core PC missing. The information she got from that base in Reach, isn't that the coordinates she used to random jump to the Halo? Pretty sure. That's Yeah, that's what... And it's interesting because that is kind of one of the retcons in reach uh, the fall of reach book because if i remember correctly she used information because it was wasn't there yes was it the fall of reach or was it um the flood no it was the fall of reach i'm pretty sure where she found some kind of foreign artifact or something that's what she yeah and then she processed information there and she used the coordinates there too so they kind of like retcon the similar thing they they still do both work though and and it's a good game it's a great book you know still worth playing reading both yeah, I mean, I, I could see them, um, you know, have some major things happen that do change the course of the story, 
but maybe maybe for people that are just who who only play the games, uh, you could just have those be things that are you know, discoverable or, or there are mysteries maybe that can get explained throughout the world. I think there is something kind of neat to kind of feel like you're an insider sometimes, you know, like you read the books and now you're playing the game. You're like, oh, I, I know what's going on here, even though it hasn't been fully explained yet. Yep. Uh, as long as they fully explain it for those that did it. Yeah. I mean, know, like I, CE did it perfectly, right? You could play the yeah. game without reading Fall of Reach and have a great time. You could read Fall of Reach and feel like you know all these characters now and still have a yeah. great time. But yet, so, even yeah, in sorry, even in uh, CE, like say for example, if I compare contrast CE with Halo Five, Halo Five you have these team members of Cyrus. You don't know any of them. You don't care for any of them. Halo CE you have Keys. He's a brand new character. You don't know him yet. What you still feel his loss. You know, whether you read the book, whether yeah. you didn't, they still did it well. They didn't do that in Halo Five, and I hope they do that in Infinite. Yeah. Well, I think they established the characters a whole lot better, even. In a minimal fashion, I think they established them a lot better in CE. CE than they did, and because for better or worse, and I'd argue worse, re, uh, Halo Five was more of the um, Michael Bay approach bombastic. to introducing, and yep. yeah, very bombastic, yeah. very, mm-hmm. and, and really the only per exactly, exactly, and it, you see that a lot in their intro where they're just like tearing through an entire covenant army or amada or what have you <laughs> and um really the only person that i had any connection to on our osiris was buck yep and that's because of odst yeah 100 all right <laughs> all right well that's uh that's some good feedback on the book I, I, so it's coming out in 12 days and, and don you're going to get a chance to do the review i think we can probably circle back on that in you know a few weeks once you had a chance to read it and, and uh, review it but uh, <laughs> but moving on i want to talk next i want to bring up the halo art book release date and the reason why i want to bring this up i you know i don't know that there's a whole lot we can say about an art book at this point except for the the fact that the release date did change now initially it was scheduled to release right around the time halo was going to come, infinite was going to come out and now it is pushed back. Um, so this actually ties into one of our community questions. Uh, Andrew Schmidt asked in the forums, he said, do you believe the rumored June 29th date? Uh, so I don't know where those rumors have, have come from, but I do think, it is, in- <laughs> I do think it is interesting. Uh, and maybe, maybe they're just theorizing uh, with some of the same information that we're talking about here. But, uh, you know, Proven, what do you think? We, 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 have, a, we have that book date. The, the art book is coming out in the summer, right? It's coming out, uh, what's the date we have on that? Uh, June 29th for that. All right. So, yeah. So. yeah, so I think that uh, it could be correlated because, uh, so the art book was originally scheduled for December, if I'm remembering correctly. And then obviously the game was going to come out November 10th along with the Xbox Series S and X. Um, so if we kind of, go along the same guidelines where the art book comes out a month after the game we could assume that maybe the game's going to come out around may which would kind of lined up line up with what we've been talking about how we think that the game is going to come out before the uh, fiscal year which is july i believe so it, it does line up but we just have to see or get further confirmation from three for three first one of the um the things was it had a placeholder 
of December 31st, 2020. Um, because the console obviously hadn't been announced and the game was going to be coming with the console. So right. kept the placeholder close to the launch. So you can surmise from that, you know, it wasn't showing some point next year. So right. it, it, that's a thought process behind it. There's been no confirmation, no insider saying it. It's just like, oh, well, this was going to come out around the time of the game's launch. So if they've now given it a hard date, which isn't a placeholder, it's not the very last day of a year. Like a 2021 placeholder is normally December 31st, 2021. So this is this feels like less of a placeholder. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it's also, I think it's only Amazon. I don't know that I've seen it anywhere else. Yeah, it's only Amazon. So, so it's, it's certainly no guarantee of anything. It just lines up with the feeling most of us have of it not being a full year of uh, <laughs> yeah, that's delay. Sure. I think it definitely means something. I mean, it wouldn't if it didn't mean anything. They wouldn't have delayed it at all. You know what I mean? Just like how they didn't delay Shadows of Reach. They kept non-placeholder date. Yes, that's true. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think they want this book to release after after Infinite. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I think it makes sense that you're going to want to time out because an art book something that you would pick up with the game, right? Yeah. Like uh, you even think about bundles and things and in, in, in special editions, and you know we've seen things like that before. They they do make sense to come out around the time of release. You know, if we're talking about Halo coming out at the end of the year, then then releasing the art book when you know six months before it's made, you know before it's you're at least months before its major hype cycle, right? That's not something that you're going to try to, uh, you're going to, you're, that you're going to put out there all by itself without the hype of the actual game with it. And the other aspect you got to think about is an art book wouldn't even need to be delayed unless you're trying to time it with something else because it's not like, it's not like the art's going to change much. I mean, we've already heard that from 343 that as they redo the visuals or, or as they kind of spruce it up, the art style is not going to go anywhere. That's still going to be what it is. It's just they're going to you know fix the lighting and textures and things like that. So uh, and pop one thing I will add is it's possible that, well, because they've only shown that one campaign level, so they're not going to want to re like release the art book because I'm yeah. assuming inside the art book, there is some sort of like some art that shows some uh, multiplayer map or shows yeah, a there, there are not really spoilers so in them. Yes. I mean, yeah, so they're, they're not going the to want to release it. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they, they don't, they don't really want to spoil the game. So that's, that's why art books usually come out like right as it releases or after, like it rarely comes out before the game comes out. And one thing I'd like to add in that I definitely hadn't said earlier in a different <laughs> timeline, um, they have announced a few esports teams have been announced for Halo Infinite. So that would go with the well, you're going to start announcing these things, especially if it's not a full year of uh, delay, because you're not going to be, oh, we've got our uh, team going. They're all just going to sit here on their couch waiting for 12 months. The, things are coming sooner than later if you start getting into this type of um, marketing cycle. Yeah. And they do work closely with their with their teams too, right? Like those guys are usually in the mix. They have some. I mean, they're, they're probably not insiders on the exact release date, but uh, but yeah, it, it would make sense. There's some correlation with the teams. 
And, yeah, not uh, even full release date, but uh, a window of what is being targeted. Like, yeah. we'll definitely have it done by this point. It might be a few yeah. months before, it might be a few months after. It can always change the date moving up to it. And, and prove it. I think you made a great point there with, with the book. Because, yeah, you, you're going to have spoilers in an art book. If it's a good art book, it should have things in there that are, you know, beyond what we've seen in the, uh, <laughs> the initial trailer. So it really does make sense that you'd want to have it come out at the same time or, or shortly after the game release, which tells us it's going to be this fiscal year for Microsoft, which, which we've theorized, you know, we theorized that a few shows ago that, you know, that they're probably going to try to target the fiscal year makes sense. I think this whole Bethesda buyout kind of adds another layer to that, especially with some of the other rumored dates going on. I, I think I heard one of you pop. Um, so did yeah. you have something? Oh, go ahead. I was going to oh. add real quick, yeah, because Halo makes a lot more sense. Like it, it always made sense if you really thought about it, but with the rumored Starfield coming out in 2021, which I personally believe, and those games usually come out uh, quarter four, as the games yeah. do so if you believe those rumors then halo would have to be in the first half because they're not going to have halo and starfield come out within the same month yeah I, I i think that yeah that adds another layer to it and you know for for people that don't track halo fans that don't track starfield and what all that is you know it, it is bethesda's next huge franchise and there's been a lot of information that would lead people to speculate that that's going to be a 2021 game and it's going to be another monster. So it's something that you really, you don't really want to put two monsters next to each other in Microsoft's case, especially since they're going to want to sustain that game pass adoption throughout the year. And obviously, you know, coming off of a launch window, you're going to sell out all those consoles and have a lot of buzz regardless. Having a game like Halo come out in May is like is perfect timing because now you can start ramping up the excitement again right after that launch window excitement slows down. And obviously, it's going to reflect well on their you know Game Pass numbers for their fiscal year. And, yeah. and those things I, I do think are important. It's not as much about Microsoft hitting all... You know, they're not they, they're not going to be hurting for money if they don't if they don't sell copies of Halo in the fiscal year. But I do think it matters when when they start you know showing the trends of Game Pass adoption and selling investors on continued investment platform. So I, I do think that that Halo is still very important to that trajectory. I mean, even especially it's going to be their um, big first party free to play, which they don't, you know, yep. isn't hasn't been a thing for them. Huge free to play PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series S and X, um, uh, game streaming. So that that is going to be a huge push. It's it's like a second launch because especially when inventory is refreshing, and yeah. you're going to have more of them in the store. If it ever combines with what they had talked about, or not they talked about, but insiders like uh, our own Nick, especially at Baker, had about possibly Xbox Live Gold going away, at least for free-to-play games. You know, that's that's another humongous marketing cycle and another win if you do something like that that keeps that momentum going, which they've done a very good job of pacing out so far this year while on the fly, essentially, after COVID. I mean, even uh, yeah. even if you disregard uh, Game Pass, look at uh, Sony. They had two massive releases one year. I think one of them was their biggest release ever. They had God of War in what, April? I believe 2018. And then they had mm -hmm. uh, 
Spider-Man was 2018, right? Same year, I'm fairly certain, yep. September. Yep. Yeah, they had yeah. these two massive releases separated, what, uh, spring-ish that same year, and then Q4 that same year, and it worked very well for them. Well, there have been a lot of countless examples. Oh, I mean, yeah. you look at Witcher. Witcher 3, I think, was a spring release. Yeah. Am I, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, I think yeah. so, but that might have been because of a few delays. Monster Hunter World was a January release. I don't think. No, well, yeah, it, it definitely was delayed. I'm not saying it was intended, but I, I think the whole notion that you need to launch in the holiday season to earn success has just been completely it's dated, 100%. Debunked and, by and, now. And summer is yeah. no longer and, these dead months that they used to be. I mean, kids, they don't go out and play, they stay home and play video games. <laughs> you know? Well, especially in 2021. Yes. <laughs> here in the United States of America, where. You know, we we still uh, we're still debating about masks. So yeah, I, I think that you know there's still going to be a lot of people indoors next year, and I think that's a reality. And you know, gaming is going to be a year-round thing. And you know, you you guys make some really great points. It, it, we've already seen the success, and, and in fact, that might be a, a perfect thing for the Halo franchise to not be up against Call of Duty, not be sharing the spotlight with whatever some of the other big fall releases are to come out in the uh, you know come out in, at the time of the year where they can have mind share all to themselves. And I think that's a really a, might be a great chance for them to you know reestablish some of that mind share that they've lost over the you know last decade since you know Halo three or Halo Reach you know, since Bungie's you know last game. So um, so it really does make sense, and, and I guess that ties us right into our next the next area and that is you know if this rumored starfield date of 2021 is correct and halo does come out in the you know summer and we get that spread out it looks like this is probably the first time in a long time that we've seen anything like that on the xbox platform uh mike i'll get you i'll let you kick this one off go ahead and you know let's talk about you know what we think that means for for xbox if these again, we'll we'll, we'll, pref- we'll we'll stress this out. There's still rumors, uh, but if these rumors hold true, what could that mean for the platform? I mean, what to me then what that potentially means is we're going to have another strong year on the platform, and, and kind of in the most critical stage because um, you know the, the Series X, Series S is going to sell out throughout the holidays, yeah. and then. You have your after the holiday season um, passes. That's when you really need your second wind, wind yeah. in terms of releases. So, I think <clears throat> I think Halo Infinite is going to be an excellent thing to assuming that it launches somewhere around May because I, I just looked up and um, The Witcher Three did release at the end of May and that was a huge mm-hmm. success. So, you know, uh, like a, a May type release for something like Overwatch Halo Infinite. Too, I think. I'm sorry? I believe Overwatch was also like a May ish release. Apex Legends, yeah, I just yeah. checked, was January, February, sorry. And that, we knew how well that did. So, I mean. But, you know, you look, yeah, but you look at past generations where um, you look at the 360 launch and you look at releases like Fight Night came out in February, I believe. You had Graw came out, I think, in March, and then you had Oblivion. Oblivion was the big thing. So in regards to Halo Infinite and potentially Starfield, I think that's going to be monstrous in the, in, to the extent that, you know, let's say, I think it's safe to say that we don't know 
what Microsoft is going to do next year. I mean, they've had, what did they announce in Aaron Greens, Greenberg's blog post that they had, what, 12 releases this year? Or 15, 15 releases? I think, actually. Yeah. Or 12 uh, releases I mean, from 15 studios, something like that. Yeah. But safe to say, you know, the people that say, where are the Xbox games? They haven't been paying attention. No. Because we've gotten plenty of Xbox games <laughs> the this, gener- this year. Yeah. Th- this year, we've gotten plenty of Xbox yep. games. And you can, yep. you can argue about the quality, but they've all been good games. Honestly, I don't think quality. Have you can be like, where are the third-person open-world narrative games? Yes, I'll agree with that. They're not filmic, damn it. Exactly. Well, yeah. No, I mean, not the stereotype like that, but you know, you can argue that outside of Flight Simulator, few of them have been quote-unquote AAA. Wasteland 3 is considered one of the best RPGs of all time. That came out this year. Or no, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you but know, they did have issues at You're right in terms of AAA. I'll agree passed. with that, yes. Yeah, AAA. Um, is, and, yeah. And, and for better or worse... That's what I would say the mainstream gamer gets most of their uh, yep. satellite information from. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, if you got friends that are telling you about Wasteland 3, mm-hmm. I'm sure RPG fr- fans are going to check that out. But people that don't check out forums, don't check out gaming sites, don't look at a bunch of in- gaming information day to day, it's the AAA massively marketed titles yeah. that they are drawn to and yep. for good and for better or worse mm-hmm. for good reason you know so i think you know if we have halo infinite in the spring early summer time frame and starfield as the huge holiday 2021 release and then we possibly have some double a or what have you the smaller xbox titles released next year plus you know like we really don't know what um xbox world publishing it really has in store you know that we everything that we've been seeing announced recently has been their in-house studio developments and we also don't really know now that zenimax is is part of the picture we don't know what they all have in store either Yep. Wolfie times three. I mean, to quote uh, Aaron, I mean, that, more that, bullets in the chamber. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I considering Halo is potentially a spring or early summer is going to be monstrous. That's going to be a shot in the arm for whatever momentum drop we might see for next gen consoles on the Xbox side. And, and, and like Jesse said earlier, that's also going to contribute to. I I'm curious to see what we see what we have with Xbox One adoption later in the generation. It's one thing at launch, but when we're six to eight months into the next generation, but then we also do have XCloud to consider. Mm-hmm. And when you can, you know, when you think about the free to play on Halo's multiplayer, yeah, that yeah. can that could be absolutely mm-hmm. monstrous. And it's launching next year too. If it is, um, if it's timed with their server upgrades. The uh, supposedly the other rumor, the um, Edinburgh um, code name is for their um, Series X server blades for xCloud, which they will be upgrading to next year, which have a much better video codec. Plus, you know, everything running at 60 frames per second, the input latency is going to feel a lot better like it does on Stadia. Um, I think it's going to be a huge shot in the arm 
for um, FPSs on xCloud because right now you can tell you're streaming. It's 1S hardware, 30 frames per second. Even in some games where it feels okay enough, in a competitive multiplayer, it's not really. But getting those upgrades, I think it, it'll get a lot closer to feeling a-okay it would, it would for, be Series you know, S, though, blades, right? They wouldn't do Series X blades. No, no, they're, they're Series X. X. They're series yeah, X. and, and uh, one of the features they had, yeah. they're Series X blades, and one of the features of them is they can run four uh, virtualized Xbox One S console versions oh, of yeah, games at a time per server. So I also do wonder if that would mean just for backwards compatibility to save on needing server racks. So, okay, I'm playing a Series X game because I own that copy or it's, that's the copy on Game Pass, so I get the whole server blade. Or, all right, I'm playing a back compat Xbox One game, so in xCloud it just gives me the 1S version of it that's not, you know, running uh, way better like it does on the new hardware. It also, so, yeah, go ahead. It, it makes me wonder about different tiers. You know, I'm whether sure or not be, Yeah, that get, was my next thing. You know, yeah, you get I, a Series S version or you get a Series X, but Plus, on top of what you're saying, Jesse, on the whole Series X, if it's true, and I know nothing's confirmed even though they announced it, but I think that was a marketing snafu from what we understand. But if they do end up reaching that 120 frames per second for the multiplayer, that again will further cut down. That's what, 8.7 yep. yeah, milliseconds or something? If you don't have a 120 hertz display, you still gain benefit from it because yeah, it's a yeah. better response time every time, no matter what the display you're using. Exactly. So even, you know, all of that is going to have oh, contribute. Nadia does yep. some of that? So, uh, so I'm going to ask Proven, because Proven, you've been quiet for a little bit. So what, oh, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I've got to get you, get you in there. But what's your thoughts on, on what, this, what this means for Xbox next year? Uh, well, obviously, I, I think it's all right. Just basically, I think that well, basically, the whole Bethesda acquisition means that Halo can kind of release and do its own thing. It's not really like I, I think the thing is over the past few years that it felt like Halo had to be good for Xbox to be be relevant. Like I think Mike might have said uh, earlier today, whenever we were talking, I forgot when, but I think he said something about how uh, when Xbox had six studios, Halo needed to be good for Xbox to do well. But now that they have 23 studios, I think Halo is kind of allowed to do his own its own thing. So mm -hmm. if it's a great game, it's it just adds benefits to Xbox. But if let, let's just say worst case scenario, Halo Infinite is just a disaster for some reason, it'll definitely hurt Xbox. But it's not gonna Kill it. ruin them because they have 22 other great studios that can deliver great games. Big thing was it was called the most important game in Xbox history. And that's just not the case anymore. Mm. There's so yep. much. It's an important game, and it being great is a humongous head start for the generation. Um, but it doesn't. It's not live or die by Halo. They they put the money commitment in where Halo is very important, one of the biggest franchises now. But when you add in things like the Elder Scrolls and some of the other Bethesda titles, Fallout, like they're almost equal to halo as far as if not right along with it and they didn't really have that before so now instead of halo lives or xbox dies it's they can it it can all just be good Get great as room. what you want but yeah you the xbox isn't anywhere near that state of um 
desperation for a home run. I would I would still think though that considering that Halo it Infinite matters. Yeah, but no, it's, especially yeah. with Halo Infinite potentially being the, the second wind of next year of, of yeah. generation of next gen uh hype and sales and mind share. Yeah, like, I think it's like that a it, second launch. Yeah, it still does matter, but in the overall scheme of Xbox's portfolio, it puts less pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Um but and we talked about this earlier while we were preparing for the podcast the the first time um <laughs> you know it depending on what xbox world studios has in store i mean i hopefully i'm not being too optimistic because optimism really isn't in my vocabulary but <laughs> it i'm i am hoping that microsoft is holding things close to their chest so that 2021 is actually turns out to be you know it, it turns out to be an amazing year because you know, I think we mentioned it before. It wasn't since 2007 where we had Mass Effect and Halo 3 along with some other titles like Crackdown, uh, PGR 4, where we had two like monster releases happening within that same year. And unlike that, unlike back then, oh, we also had uh, Bioshock. But unlike back then, everything was kind of crammed into... You know, uh, Crackdown was earlier in the year. I think Bioshock was August time frame. And then I know PGR 4 kind of got absorbed and overshadowed by Halo 3. Same thing with Mass Effect. That came out in December. But if they can spread things out, next year just could potentially be an amazing year for Xbox. You want a little tiny uh, rumor I heard from our own Nick Baker (laughs) about what the the, uh, publishing arm might be up to? Sure. Hit me. <laughs> it's been rumored, along with you know Sony working on potentially a new Metal Gear, that Microsoft might have been looking to do a potential Metal Gear Rising two oh, as part wow. of a publishing deal. That's one I've heard. Not an insider. Uh, maybe a reboot. Just it, it, something handy around. So you know those types of things where they're looking to other IP and stuff like that, I think is definitely in play. I think As Dusk Falls is like the first one we've heard from so far, but the rumors are constantly out there that there's there's some major things that could come. So If they, if they honestly went after uh, Metal Gear Ryzen, whereas Sony was doing That's a proper fun. Metal Gear, then <laughs> they, got, they got the short... What about the, what about the <laughs> derail this trade? Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That, that would um, be a mistake. I'll just say that. Yeah. Hey, God, I think I, they're able to, uh, if they can get Forza, like we don't know when that's coming out, but let's just assume it's coming out next year. If they can get Forza, Starfield, and Halo in one year, that's huge. That's a pretty great, uh, I guess, not like a first year, first technical full year for Xbox. That'd I mean, be you have really Psychonauts great. too, as well. We still have a lot of games coming out. Yeah. And there's definitely stuff we don't know, 100%. Always the potential for Everwild with how many times Nick kept trying to say <laughs> it might be a launch. Game. Could be a launch title. We never know. It Launch hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Don, I, Don, I think you should go right about that rumor so we can all get yelled at again. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go <laughs> ahead. I'm going to go ahead and move it over to. I, mean, I guess we're, so. We already were talking about the um, you know this Halo matter as much to to the Xbox's success now that Bethesda is part of the team. Uh, I think we kind of already been been answering that question. But you know, in the past, we always said. You know, Halo is Xbox, Xbox Halo. However, Halo goes, it that is that is going to determine the fate. So I, I heard from you know a few of you who 
really believe that due to the Bethesda acquisition, it you know it diminishes it it somewhat diminishes the the importance or, or how critical it is. So I didn't get your thoughts. So uh, what do you think, man? Who? You didn't give the Who? name, so we're all just yeah. waiting. Who? Oh, so yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> second time if uh, you listen to our old podcast. Anyways, um, <laughs> so the exact question, if the exact question is, does Halo matter as much to Xbox? The answer is no. Right? And I, I don't think anyone can, can argue that. But my opinion is, and I think this is the case, Halo is still Xbox. Xbox might not be entirely just Halo, but a very large part of Xbox is still Halo. I mean, look at that mm-hmm. recent uh, Taco Bell commercial. Right, it wasn't. Uh, I don't know, Skyrim dude, in the trailer, right? Well, those get made so far ahead of time. Well, but I know, I understand. I know, but still, it, it Halo is synonymous with Xbox, um, and I feel like uh, the amount of the amount the Halo can push the Xbox brand, at least for now, maybe five, ten years from now, when people consider Doom and uh, Elder Scrolls as an Xbox brand, it might change. But at least for the next few years, I think Halo is just as important. As it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I was actually going to use actually stole. I was I was hoping to be the contrarian. <laughs> the talk about. Oh yeah, no, no. That's why I wanted to do that one. <laughs> but yeah, I I I have to agree with you because long term, definitely the Bethesda deal is going to take pressure off of Halo. Obviously, you know, having a stronger team, I think that's going to allow all of them to breathe a little bit and give them a little bit of room. But in terms of where Xbox, the, the brand is today, uh, and just how people associate the two together, Xbox and Halo together, I still think that it's going to, how Halo ends up turning out is going to have a tremendous impact on the mind share of, of everybody towards Xbox. Because what, whether it's fair or not, people look at 343 and they say, hey, this is your, your number one franchise. If you know if you can't manage this one, then why should we expect you to manage everything? So, yep. And I've heard I've heard that comment a lot. I don't think it's fair. I think you know Bethesda's doing their own thing and they're going to be who they are. But at the same time, sometimes perception is reality. And the perception today is, hey, if you can't take care of Halo, then why should we expect that you're gonna you're gonna take care of all these other things? And that that just because you're spending this money, that that we're gonna see the the quality that you know, we should. Um, uh, so whether that's fair or not, I still think Halo is going to have a huge impact on how the Xbox starts and how it starts is going to have a huge impact on, you know, its trajectory and, and how well like the momentum and everything. Cause we saw that in 2007, you know, when, you know, following gears and then mass effect and then Halo three, that, that basically carried it for the generation. You know, if you didn't have, if one of those three, you know, if Halo does three doesn't hit, uh, even though there was still Gears and Mass Effect in there, the Xbox 360 isn't the Xbox 360. So I still do think it's it's very critical at this point in time. Well, yeah, yeah. you look at, go on, Proven, I'm sorry. Okay, I was just to say real quick, I think that- basically- I'm going to go. I'm sorry, Proven. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I was going to say, I just think that it kind of helps with the margin of error. So like I think I said this earlier, but basically if it Xbox doesn't need to rely on Halo to be great for Xbox to be relevant. So if so let's if Halo is a good game, not a great game, it's like a, just a fine game, 
then Xbox is going to be perfectly fine because they have so many other games from so many other studios. So I, I think it's it could be a good thing because it kind of takes some pressure off of 343 to like deliver some great game for Xbox because if they don't deliver it, then there's a bunch of other games as well. I'm going to jump in before Mike and then he can go because I'm... <laughs> I've been waiting a while. I've had this in my brain, but it's still the first big first party studio for a brand new console. So it's still huge and it yeah. is still going to be quite a bit of pressure on them. Yeah. Um, it's lessened in the overall importance for the brand, but for the studio and for the game itself, I think it's still massively important that the game hits well. Yeah. 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 If, if infinite was a later release, then I think Austin's comment would would hold would would be more true, but since it's an early AAA release, you're you know, completely it, wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and, and to go to go back, what um, you were saying, uh, OBM regarding Halo Three, even though we had Gears, we had uh, Mass Effect. And we had Halo 3 in the 360 era. It was still Halo 3 was still the largest entertainment release in history up to, to that point. Plus, even though people like to argue that Call of Duty Modern Warfare was the beginning of the downfall of Halo, Halo 3 still went toe to toe with Modern Warfare for years until Modern Warfare 2 came out. Yeah. Like them, those two went back and forth on the most played month to month and so i i don't agree that it was really call of duty that was the downfall of halo it probably contributed to it some foot but you know it, infinite right now is still going to carry a huge a lot of weight on its shoulders just because we don't have starfield we don't have whatever um the initiative and all these other studios are working on so and, and you can't really count on, on on new IPs, anyways, mainstream, right? So that's, no, that's yeah. And, and when you we have, will, we will know more um, once. I bet you they have some announcement at the Game Awards again. Hopefully. And the game being free to play is a very large double-edged sword. If you know what I mean. Like, let's say there was a normal sixty-dollar price title. If it sold ten million, that'd be great, right? It being free to play means it better have like. 30, 40, 50 million users within a certain amount of time is something akin of like Apex Legends or that kind of thing. Like that's the bar now. That's a very high bar to reach. Uh, I, I think I think a Halo game going free to play, that could almost be expected. It has to be expected. That's, that's uh, my point. If it, if it wasn't cross-gen and also on xCloud, I would say that's a that would be a huge target to hit. But since it's cross-gen, since it's going to be on xCloud, I can see them hitting... I mean, what did Apex have? Ten million within a ten days or something I think like that. A lot yeah. more than that. Sure. Um, but then again, I mean, I don't know if that's entirely fair because Apex ran off of the uh, battle rail hype. Sorry. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, <laughs> first week. But still, you know, it, it does make me question what they're going to charge for Halo Infinite. Yeah, that's a whole different if, discussion. There was yeah. a um, there was a listing that went up for sixty bucks. I think they're sticking to sixty. Yeah, they're gonna stick with sixty. It's and that sixty will probably get you stuff in multiplayer too, like Watch get you cosmetic. Like the only sixty dollar game uh, next year, like next gen game, that'd be interesting. <laughs> there, well, honestly, yeah. Originally, I would oh think God. that maybe you want to charge forty or fifty for it since the multiplayer is free to play. But if the standard 
next gen, next especially next year, does become seventy dollars, then a sixty dollar price tag for uh, a triple A first party title would still look attractive. Make a lot of sense. Yep, but there's yeah. no way they're pricing Halo below sixty. No way. If there is um, some form of co-op multiplayer mode outside of the campaign, getting that, getting the campaign, getting maybe you get like the uh, the first season pass in um, the multiplayer or the first two or so. You know, there's some cosmetics you get in the multiplayer. Like you can feed you can feed that um, need for having content you're paying for for the multiplayer like you normally would with Halo be covered by the normal microtransactions that hit most free-to-play games now along with campaign content um, maybe you get the first or I wonder if they'll have paid DLC maybe you get one of those you know th- there are different avenues they might go to make that $60 price tag that's normally everything now it's less because you can play multiplayer for free so I- I'm sure they've thought that out they're they're pretty uh, smart. Well, uh, I'm the thing is, I, I don't even think the price of Halo really matters that matters, much right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, Halo's I not about... Sweet. Yeah, Halo, I mean, it's going to be nice for them, obviously, you know, when they're doing the, the, the revenue or their, you know, the earnings for the, for the fiscal year. It'll be nice to have some sales in there. But it's really, you know, when you think about, like, Nadella's buy-in to the Xbox, it has everything to do with engagement right now. It has everything to do with, with the xCloud. It has, you know, it's about getting people into the ecosystem. So I think that's really where, what Halo's meant to do. Uh, it's free-to-play multiplayer is is really all about just driving engagement and mind share and just getting people to, to, to sign into Xbox Live. Because, you know, if you're on PlayStation uh, and you don't have a high-end rig, you know, I, like I know <laughs> everybody on the internet does, but, <laughs> you know, if you're one of those people in the world that doesn't have a high-end rig, this is going to be, you know, the, uh, you know, to access it on xCloud is probably going to be the the best option for you. And I know this wasn't one of our topics for today, but you know, we saw that recently they, they added some filters in the PC Master Chief collection where you can not only filter for input, but you can filter for platform. And, and just thinking about that, I, one of the things I was, was thinking about is like, I wonder if that platform could be a streaming platform because now that might level the playing field and all those people that say, well, you would never play uh, a multiplayer game on you know, on the, through streaming today, you know, that, that could change things if it's a fair and level playing field. So, you know, it's just something to think about. I think really if it drove a, an X cloud engagement, I am positive that, that Nadella and, and the top investors would prefer that over a full $60 oh, sale anyway. So 100%. I don't really think they're that concerned about at this point. I mean, I remember the first, uh, I don't know the first, but I remember the first time I thought Halo Infinite would be free-to-play, or at least have a free-to-play mode is what I thought, was an old 4chan leak where um, the person said that Halo Infinite is expecting to bring Halo back to the number one, number two played games on Xbox, which to me, when I checked the the list, all of them are either free-to-play or GTA or, you know, Warzone, Fortnite, Minecraft, Roblox, that kind of thing. So there's no way Halo would ever have gotten there. If it didn't have some kind of easily accessible mode, and then lo and behold, you know, we, and then with XCloud, you're right; it's, it's going to get even more. It's 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 going to do crazy numbers, in my opinion. Yeah, you are going to have and like ten to fifteen million players easily within the first month. Easy, first week. Four hundred sure. billion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and to bring the topic back 
Um, I I think that Halo Halo makes sense to be a uh, a key title for Microsoft, and there's really nothing wrong with that. Like people like to talk about it negatively that Xbox is only Halo, when that's not true. But to say that Halo could be or should be a showpiece title from for Microsoft isn't a wrong thing. You know, yeah. Mario is a showpiece title or a mascot in sorts to Nintendo. It's almost a strength to have a strong IP. It's a huge strength. As that as that IP because one of the very few criticisms that, you know, people have had towards PlayStation, I don't think this is a big deal, but you know, they don't necessarily have a mascot. They try to make, you know, uh what do you call it? The um, well, Nathan Drake, I think, would be the, oh, yeah. the strongest <laughs> case said for one. People, yeah, there's your point exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, what's <laughs> that? Knack, what's yeah. that? What? No, not knack. <laughs> that that's 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 a troll's uh, example. But no, like what's what's that? Um, Bug sack. No, it's a platformer now, but it used to be like a content creator game. Uh, Dreams. Oh, uh, yeah, Sackboy. I know. Yeah. It, it seemed like Sackboy, they almost tried to push that during the PS3 era as kind of a, like a, a mascot. But but to go back to the whole importance of, of Halo with Xbox, I think Halo is very important to Xbox. And it could be as important as it's ever been without it xbox being as reliant yeah. or dependent mm-hmm. on I halo yeah I like the, the dependency and importance don't have to be one and the same right mm-hmm. yeah that's a good I, point yeah I, I just basically it <laughs> if halo is good for xbox then it's great because but if halo like can't reach the heights then it doesn't hurt xbox as much basically yep yeah. i mean like i'd say you'd be kidding yourself mm-hmm. if you didn't think Sony would love their own Halo. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like 100% they'd love to have it. I'm sure they've tried multiple times. I, I, and I would I would, I would, would push back a little bit there, Austin, that with Infinite, if Infinite does not turn out to be awesome, I do think it'll hurt them somewhat just because it's so early in the generation. Yeah. 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 If, this was, if this was two or three years down the line where they have an established it's library of games. I'm sorry? It's not the death blow it would have been. No, but really, when it comes to these systems, there is no death blow. But whether or not you're going to have that much of a second wind or uh, wave to carry on, like it's it's basically going to be on whether or not it really catapults the series platform into like a must have system or it's just going to be another good shooter. Yeah, I, I, and really, I mean, to, to again, to your point on that, you know, you start thinking about, I think, I think Mario is, is the best example, or Mario and Zelda, because it's rare when you have a franchise that, that carries that powerful of nostalgia, you know, but that can still be a star today, mm-hmm. you know, be a modern star today, because there's very, very few things that combine the two, and I think being able to combine those two, it's a rare opportunity. So again, yeah, to your point, like it's not a death blow, but it is a, a huge missed opportunity. It still is the face of the brand, uh, face of the brand, and you know I, I really don't think that the, the importance is diminished that much in the short term. But um, I, you know, I, 
I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Austin <laughs> go again. I do apologize <laughs> for cutting you off. No, it's okay. It's okay. I'll I'll just add to kind of respond to what Mike was saying. Like, yeah, I think if Halo sucks, then obviously it's a huge deal. But it's one of those things. I think this ties into the Bethesda deal because let's just say Halo came out and was bad. Then everyone would be like, okay, well, Halo's bad, and we have no idea what all these other studios are doing, so how can we have trust in Xbox? But since I think they brought in Bethesda, and Bethesda is a known quantity, and they have a history of uh, making great games, that there's like, Bethesda's kind of like a safety net. So if Halo isn't a success, then there's, okay, well, at least we have these Bethesda games. Yeah, I mean, like, Halo comes out, let's say May, right? Let's say say it's bad. It's not going to be bad. Let's say it sucks. Um, people are gonna be, it's not gonna suck, but let's say it does. People are gonna be going, oh, Halo sucks, Halo sucks. And then four or five months later, wait, Starfield's exclusive on our platform? Who cares about yeah. Halo? You know? It, it would be a, a quick band aid to yeah. that stain on the year. Well, you know, one thing I think this does do, though, and don't underrate this that, you know, when we talked about like that rising tide kind of raise raises all boats and things like that there is i think there was a bit of negativity towards halo because it was so relied upon that people felt like they needed it to be everything uh, or just be like unrealistically um you know carry everything from graphics to 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 gameplay to everything because if you think back like halo 3 those visuals as, as much as i love halo 3 the visuals for the time were not amazing you know they they were good but you know they had some good art design but when you compared it to gears of war or some of the other things that were already going on that generation there wasn't anything that was just mind-blowing from a visual standpoint but it, it didn't hurt it because there was there was people were feeling really good about the overall brand. And I think a lot of that bled into that. They were coming into Halo w- with a positive disposition. Whereas I think if you're coming into Halo 3 and it's like, all right, you're not showing us anything for the future. You haven't shown us anything recently or haven't been delivering. Now people are already coming in looking, right? We see that like, you see that at work, right? Where, where somebody is, you have low expectations of them. So you find everything wrong. Whereas maybe if, if somebody's on a hot streak, you're more likely to look at the positives and the negatives. So I do think that the Bethesda thing will help the reception. But then again, it's at the same time, Halo's still got a lot on its shoulders, at least for the, the short-term goals, I think, of the brand. So uh, does anybody else ha- have anything else they want to add to kind of move it forward? I know we're running along again. One on quick thing I did want to add, um, it's a build-up sure. on Mike's point, is um, he talks about the second wind or the Series X and S, and I think it's really important that, like, this year they're both going to be sold out, in my opinion. The entire year you're not going to get any of them. Right. By the time stock starts rolling around, where it's actually at the stores, you can go and pick one up. I think it'll probably be, like, what, February, March-ish? Which just so happens to be near the time Infinite's going to release, right? Or we expect it to release. So it really does have a decent bit on its shoulders, because I think the second year of a console is, or rather the first year, you could say, after release, is possibly the most important year, or one of the most important yep. years of its life, especially in comparison yep. to the competition. Yep. Yeah. You look at you look at what happened with the Xbox One, yep. where they sold out great during the holidays, but then they still had that dark cloud hanging over them that first full year, and they just never got their footing and just constantly trailed behind the competition. Yeah. And this, and now it's even more important because you're not just it's not just console sales that's relying on it you're talking about the game pass adoption 
you're talking about the X cloud adoption. So there's a, yeah. So I guess, I guess we're, we're back to saying that, yeah, Helios still really, really yeah, I mean, you, you talk about X cloud, right. And then you also have a Luna coming next year. I mean, even yep. in the streaming uh, space, there's a lot of competition coming quickly. Yeah. But the, 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 I'll just add like the competition has, doesn't have the games That's true. at the moment. Yep. 100%. So, Not yet. I mean, who knows what Luna Amazon's does have a do. UB partnership, right? <laughs> What happens if Amazon yeah. makes a partnership with Activision or someone else? Well, that, that partnership, from what I understand, is just additional channels, which kind of works against the whole platform because you have to pay oh, for those true. additional channels. <laughs> that's true. But my, con yeah, just... excuse me, my concern is Amazon's one of the few companies that can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Microsoft in terms of acquisitions. Yep. So who's to say that Amazon doesn't purchase Capcom yep. or Ubisoft yep. in the future. Their their whole business model with Luna doesn't really lend to being reliant on acquisitions, at least with not publishers, more so studios. But still, um, that additional pressure on Microsoft does lend to the importance of Halo early on. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and move it to our community questions. And, and the reason I want to start off with the community question is because it actually Wait, takes- Did we skip something? No, he's about to explain that. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Mike, trust me a little bit. I'll shut up. <laughs> but actually our community question takes us right into one of the for this week. <laughs> and that was a question from Mort over at, at the Xbox era. So his his question is, what is your favorite mission in all of the Halo games and why? So I'm going to go ahead and start off with Don, because Don, or Jesse, uh, I've had you quiet for a little bit. Go ahead and talk about that as we step back into our past now. And what is your favorite level from the all the Halos? Yeah, I know I'll get crap for it, but after having recently played through all all of them, I played through one, two, three, four, ODST Reach, and five again for you know the ninetieth time for each of them. Um, the one that just hit every note that I like in a Halo level was uh, Swords of Sangelios mm -hmm. from Halo Five. It has every single part of the Halo combat that I just adore. It's Gorgeous architecture, too. It's one of the few fully realized and completely finished levels in that game. The encounters are well thought out. There's a really good variety of enemies. There's a nice mix of vehicle versus on foot sections. Um, it just it encompasses every single part of what I, the music's great. Everything I like about Halo is in that level. Yeah, the visuals are amazing statues the, the amount of story just like within the architecture that level is really cool yeah it, it's you can tell it's one of the ones that they actually did everything they wanted to you know it's funny you mentioned that one because yeah i don't when i when i think of a favorite level, I think about the halo 4 and 5 but i I, th I do think that level gets unfairly overlooked because it is part of a Otherwise, you know, campaign that disappointed a lot of people. But you, you know, you're right because in that level is the cover. There is they actually do use the, the your 
your Spartan abilities in a smart sandboxy way because you do have some verticality in that level that you don't get in a lot of the other ones. And everything just felt like it was really balanced. And yeah, it, it really did look really good. So not one that would have came to my mind, but it actually, if you were going to, to, to say something unique, it's actually not a bad choice. Um, Mike, how about you? What's your favorite level? The library. <laughs> That's still an awful impression. It's <laughs> um, funny if I really try. <laughs> I, like, I don't even know what you're trying to do right there. <laughs> uh, I would say of all of my uh, of all the Halo games, I would say my favorite level is the Covenant in Halo Three, which is the same level I was trying to think of the name in our last podcast, where you start off with the. Um, spartan laser that level to me has everything that makes halo great you know you start off with spartan laser it's it's like just gun ho from the get-go where you got to take down the anti-airship and then you jump into a warthog there is um what's the aircraft in halo 3 the hornet not the the hornet thank you you have a a hornet section you, there's a bunch of ground battles. It ends in this massive two where you're fighting the two scarabs. And then you finally take down the tr- truth, you know, of uh, the truth, uh, prophet of truth. You know, it's that to me, just every step of the way. It's a long level. It's an amazing level. It's one of the closest levels in Halo 3 to a Halo level on the uh, Halo you know, without it being on the halo regarding art style, it's just everything from the variety of art style, the variety of um, gameplay and encounter design. It, it's absolutely amazing. The scope of it. Did you say the name of it? The covenant. Yeah, that's it. Okay. I could not remember. Let's no, I crazy. couldn't either. I had to look it up before we started this just because I knew that's what it was. But the fact that at the end of the level, you end with a fight with or near the end, you end with a fight with two scarabs and there's multiple banshees in the air with multiple hornets. And I mean that, that firefight itself has to have like 30 to 50 NPCs at a time. And then after that, you know, you, you finally fight and you fight with the flood to get to the, the, the prophet of truth. And, you know, it's almost like a semi resolution plus like just the whole, uh, cutscene. It was whole, way uh, too epic. Way too epic. It's 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 everything from start to finish. My my draw my draw my jaw was on the floor the first time playing through that with the cinematography of when Truth finally forces um, uh, Sergeant Johnson to start the Halo oh, rings yeah. and you know he he raises his hands and it goes through the different Halo holographs. And they're all lighting up. I Isn't mean, everything. Miranda in that level too. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all of yeah. that. So much like, happens in this level. <laughs> like you, you have to take down the different towers to lower the shields. I mean, it is a long and involving yep. level yep. that encompasses everything that I love about the Halo franchise. So I, I got to go with the Covenant in Halo Three. You know, you talking about that level gets me like now hyped up, hoping <laughs> that you know, as they kind of think about the next Halo being a throwback, that they do something like that again. Because, you know, that, that's a, a great 
pick because that level has some of the most epic moments probably ever in a in a any any sort of game that Microsoft's published. I, I mean, Maybe I'm literally. No, I agree. I'm literally having goosebumps thinking about the end where the, the end cutscene shows the new reconstructed Halo Four coming up, and it's got that epic music playing in the background, and the the overall scope and grandeur of of just the whole how it all is presented when it shows you know the new Halo that you end up blowing at the end. Um, and then, you know, you got 343 talking about how that's the replacement for the Halo you blew up. Everything, just everything in that, that level is just... <sighs> and you know what's uh, funny about it is you think about like today when you try to create, when, when a lot of developers try to create these water cooler moments and they have these really long cutscenes, or, you know, you're on these scripted sequences where you're not really doing a lot gameplay-wise, you're just kind of along for the ride and you hit a a, a button when it yep. <laughs> pops yeah. up or, or something like Basically that. Call of Duty and it's like, oh yeah, this is like, this is supposed to be so epic, hit but it's really. pay respect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's not really, you're not really um, immersed because you're not really playing through those sections. You know, you, you're kind of barely playing through a lot of, a lot of today's, you know, water mm-hmm. cooler uh, levels, but that was a level that, that, it was epic and it, you played through the entire thing, you know, like when you were dropped into all that, you, when you're fighting the scarabs, it's, you're, you're a hundred percent, you know, playing a game. It's the sandbox. It's, it's like all the things they put around you and it, you know, it didn't have as much to do with, with, uh, you know, with graphics or, uh, you know, just a, a crazy cut thing, but it was just, just the way it was all pieced together. It was so just good gameplay. Thought, you know, no, yeah. it, it, it was amazing gameplay throughout. And the few cutscenes they had peppered throughout the level were very important. Yeah, they were you super know, integral to the plot. Mor- Mor- Miranda's death, mm-hmm. the, the activation of the rings, the introduction of the replacement Halo. They were all very, very short, but uh, very impactful. Who must be silenced line. Oh, I love that line. Oh, God, yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even that level, you're, you're walking down the bridge and you see Flood flying above you, not going at you. And it feels so weird. You know, they're like smashing these grunts, these uh, elites off the little platform. And it, it was surreal. All right. I'm going to give Jesse a turn now. Jesse, tell us. Oh, wait, you already I think his answer. Sort of I'm a mind reader. Library. What are you high? I'm a mind reader. <laughs> <laughs> Let's edit that. <laughs> All right, now I'm going to go to Austin. Austin. Okay, uh, I'm going to cheat if that's okay with everyone. No, it's not okay. <laughs> it's never okay you're if you go tell to people you're cheating. <laughs> okay, well, the first one's my actual answer. The second one is just an honorable mention. But I'll allow the first it. one's the first one's pretty basic. Uh, it's a silent cartographer. I feel like that's everyone's favorite Halo level. Mm. But to me, that's probably the best uh, campaign level of any game I've ever played. It's everything I like about Halo. Uh, the open spaces mixed with the tight corridors, mixed with the good music. Uh, mixed. I love the art style. I love how everything looks. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I see you, Jesse. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's basically everything I, I like about Halo. But my second um, answer is actually the Long Night of Solace from Halo Reach. I don't know if you guys remember oh, that. Oh, that's interesting. It's the level where they um, 
It's the level where they uh, kind of stormed the beach. It's the level where oh. they, they stormed the beach. Uh, yeah, Halo the... Reach, and they cut. Yeah, the, the one where they, they go out the in beach space. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. I love that level because yes. it's such an epic moment where you you kind of land on the beach, you fight through waves of covenant just to get there. You go you go there and then you get finally make it to the to, to the spaceship, and I think some of the best music that Marty O'Donnell has ever made oh, yeah. is in that level where he's kind of sitting and and you see them launch into space and then obviously you go into space. I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong. That's the first time there's space battle in Halo, right? Yeah, yeah, one yeah. of only two. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so I, that level, like I, I, always, I remember playing that for the first time, being like, I can't believe they're finally doing this. Like they're finally having space battles. So it was, it was a really great. They level. spoiled it in the trailers, which kind of sucked, but it was amazing. No, yeah, that will, was easily one of the best Halo Reach levels. I, I will say, playing that space level on Legendary is <laughs> so. It is painful. It is, it's not designed for Legendary. No way. It's not. It's not well designed for a hard difficulty. All right. Hey, so I, we haven't we haven't gotten to you yet. Go ahead and. Talk I've basically spoken over all of them. I, I think I'm good. I'm not actually. Um, I also have <laughs> two answers in in a, in a little bit. I'm gonna go. Fucking proper, cheaters, man. The proper way, which is honorable mention first, then the answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so taking a page off of Jesse's book, um, the breaking it was the second last level of Halo Five, um, the last chief level. Um, the entire level itself is okay. It's decent. Um, but the music at one point of that level, they, they play this track called The Trials, which is basically just a remix of all the good Halo tracks. And that like 10 minutes or so of gameplay of that level just completely stuck it out to me. But my actual answer um, is The Maw. Uh, I played that level more times than I can count as a kid. I perfected the grenades and the rocket launchers into the uh, exhaust ports. Um, I died numerous times. You know when uh, after that first little cutscene, uh, when uh, all the when the sentinels show up after you like you check the map to see if you can fly out or something. You guys remember the mall? Are you yeah, talking yeah, about the yeah, cutscenes where of Halo before yes. the um the warthog run? Yeah, yeah, basically yep. the level with the warthog run. Yeah, um, which itself you're talking is, about the cutscene where he's got the grenade like Cortana. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, I have explosives. Yeah. I can do it. Something like that. I don't remember the exact line, but um, and then of course it culminates in probably the most fun I've ever had playing a video game overall, which is me and my brothers doing the stupidest crap. Us taking multiple cars, running into each other, running over <laughs> a, a, a fat flood blowing up, making it almost to the ending. I remember one time we made it to the ending, and right before I made it, uh, someone else or it might have been me actually. It's hard to remember. Blew both of the people up with a shotgun. I sorry, with the rocket launcher. The entire cutscene plays out, and then it reloads the checkpoint at the ending, and we're back to doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that level was something else for me. Nice, good picks. Well, for me, I'm going to say I'm going to be the boring one here, so I'm going to probably get some more memes from Don, uh, from Jesse while I'm uh, talking. But <laughs> I'm going to have to say the silent. Cartographer, and the reason is um, <laughs> the reason is I'm going with the, the typical choice here is uh, you know as somebody who's been gaming for almost forty years, I, when I think about uh, what, there's some there's some moments when you game that you just you can almost remember you can you can think back to the first time you ever saw that thing in the game, right? Like there's just 
there's I, I think back to you know the first time I ever saw Mario, the first time I ever you know broke through a wall in, in Metroid, um, the, the first time I ever saw you know Zelda in 3D, and then Silent Cartographer is one of those. So I think since then there, there's other levels that that may technically now you know compete with that. I think very few things that historically for me just put it all together in a way that that one did where, you know, there is that off factor when you land on the beach and then it just has a, like an almost perfect ebb and flow, like that change of tone, you know, going from like, like, like Austin was saying, going from the corridors to the open environments uh, you had the open sandbox areas, different ways to kind of, to try to get through uh, through those, and it's just the change in in just pacing and it, the, the the way the layouts change. And you know, back then it wasn't it wasn't a common thing to go in to go into go from an outdoor level to a, a inside corridor without a loading screen. So a lot of those things you just added up. And and to today, you know, I still can't think of too many moments that stick out more than the first time when I landed on that beach and I was just like, what the hell? It felt <laughs> like, like a movie is, almost. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I, and I don't know that, that we, we could ever, there's very, you know, very, I think maybe the, the, the closest I've came since then was the first time in oblivion walking out to like mm. the open, you know, when you, when you get out from the sewers or the dungeon or whatever that, but you know, it, it, it's just, I don't know that you can ever recreate that now because we're kind of spoiled with graphics and things and there's only so much further they can go. But uh, yeah, that was, that was the moment that put it all together. And one of the last that really, really kind of, you know, put my, put my jaw on the floor. So that's that for my take. And I think we all got our, anybody got any final thoughts before we move on to the, the final community questions? If not, then let's go ahead. Yeah. So, um, one qu- so one question from our community was: I- I'm going to actually start with one that was a was actually set up as a forum topic, and um, so somebody posted posted a topic in the Xbox era that said, "What are your expectations for the Halo Infinite post delay?" Uh, I'll read kind of what he posted first, and then we can go from there. He said, the most obvious, uh, this was from no one codename 47, underscore 47. The most obvious aspect to discuss first is this game's graphics. This took by far the majority of the criticism after the gameplay demo. And of course, we don't know how long the game will be played for, you know, with everything being, you know, rumored months to year. But I don't think it's wrong to expect that it'd be better looking. The question is, how much better are folks expecting or hoping it to look? Will it re- reemerge as a contender of looking next-gen games or forever be destined to you know, be a sort of just okay? You think stuff like ray tracing or other post-launch effects they mentioned would be implemented by the time the game resurfaces? Uh, this, so I, I think that, that generally kind of frames the question. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with you, Mike. What do you think about it? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, no, I think ray tracing is definitely going to be there at launch now. The fact that they were talking about a ray tracing update coming post-launch, and it sounded like it was going to be, that update was going to come before the year end of the year anyways. Um, I think it's safe to say that it's going to be there day one now. 
Plus, who's that studio that did the... Um, they announced that they've been working on it since, I think, December of 2019. But they did the Saints Row 3 remaster. Yeah. No, no, we talked uh, about this. Wait, what? we did? Yeah, yeah, we, we mentioned it earlier. Um, I remember because we looked up the name again last time, too. A second. Is Saber Interactive? No, it's not Saber. Volition. I'm looking at Infinity... No, no, this is no, it's not Volition. Volition did, Volition did the original game. Yeah, they sorry, didn't do the remaster. Um, um, this is great podcast material. Yeah, no. <laughs> Anyways, but that that studio that did the remaster, they announced that they've been working with hey with in three uh three four three since I think December of twenty nineteen. I'm sorry, Sparasoft. Yeah, that's Spar- them. That's them. Um, I, I believe that they're there for their technical jobs because of all the remasters, uh, three, four, uh, I'm sorry, the Saints Row three remaster looks gorgeous. It looks and runs absolutely gorgeous. Um, so in regards to it being a next gen contender, I would say no. It's- I guess it depends on what you mean by contender. Is, is it going to measure up to God, you know, some of the other Horizon next- Zero Dawn 2. Wait, yeah. That's not even next gen. Yeah, oh. Horizon Zero Dawn 2. Well, I mean, that's technically PS4. That's a cross gen game, too, but I think they're targeting PS5 and scaling down. Whereas oh, for sure. I, think, I, I was just joking. That, yeah. <laughs> whereas, for better or worse, I would say, I would argue worse. Um, Halo Infinite is originally targeted Xbox One is scaling up. Infinite's not really a next generation game, in my opinion. No, no. And and all their talk about it being built from the ground up on Series X is marketing speak. Don't don't believe their nonsense on that. Don't believe the lies. Yes. <laughs> but with that said, we don't know the type of impact something like ray tracing is gonna give. I it depends on the ray tracing they use i i would think that it's going to be ray trace global illumination just because there's not that many reflective surfaces in the game mm-hmm. so it doesn't make sense to have ray tracing reflections and the indirect lighting would be one of the most beneficial things with ray trace global illumination it, if they can get the asset quality up or change the asset quality to the extent that it doesn't look so plasticky with the grunts um i i think it could be a a graphical contender, even if it's not a next gen contender, I think it will be a graphical showpiece. It can look great graphically, um, but then you know you're always going to have to take in scope into that equation. Um, but yeah, I I, I think it's going to come around to being an impressive looking game overall for a Halo game, especially. What about you, so what, what do you think in yeah, terms? I of- mean, I generally agree. Um, I think it's going to be clean. Very clean, um, which I don't think it's ever going to be this huge graphical powerhouse, if only because we know it's not going for photorealism, you know? Right. And games these days, if they're not photorealistic, then they're not the best graphics ever, right? You have um, people comparing, even if you look still comparing Uncharted 4 and saying, you know, it's the best game ever graphically because it's, it's really going for that photorealism. When games like Gears 5, while yes, a little stylized, have just as good, if not better, Scenes, you know what I mean? Oh um, yeah, I, yeah. And I think I think in the case of Halo, Halo Infinite, they're stylizing it even more than they have in the past, especially with Halos four and five, which I think they went for the more like, uh, uh, how do you say it? 
militaristic or like robotic feel kind of it's hard it's hard to say um it's kind of like I mean. tron <laughs> yeah like metal With the lighting yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> halo infinite feels yeah. more softer again these words are kind of weird they make sense in my head <laughs> it's it, more it, no, it makes sense what you're, yeah it makes sense what you're saying and, and you know it's funny because because a lot of people that it was the focus after july the graphics and I I almost am afraid of it going the other way. Push yep, so hard here. in graphics. Mm-hmm. You, we just talked about Halo Three and Halo Three today's graphics shouldn't shouldn't be a wow factor, right? But if you go and play that level, it still feels very epic, and it's it, they pour a lot into having a lot of NPCs, a lot of stuff going on, you know, having big scarabs you're fighting. And that's really what I, I, I think for Halo Infinite to be epic, it's not going to be because it's a photorealistic game. It's because it's got those types of moments that where you're in the game and there's just, it's you and there's, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of things going on in that battlefield, you know? Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not even hoping that it becomes the best looking thing ever. I, I do think that it is, um, you know, that I, I do hope that it, it it just goes for that clean look. I think that that stylized look is a little bit more timeless, anyways. It holds up better than your than than games that try to be photorealistic long term. Uh, sometimes the style the, the stylistic stuff you see that with Nintendo games, it's like people um, don't feel like that that look outdates as well as much. And if this game is going to hold up ten years. You know, I'm fine with it being slightly cartoony, but um, I, but yeah, I, 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 I'll go ahead. I'd almost say that it doesn't need to be or pursuing photorealism to be a graphical showpiece, right? Um, you know, it, Halo CE, they obviously didn't. I mean, they they shot for a graphical level, obviously, but I would argue that Halo CE was one of the best looking shooters that entire generation. Oh, it was it, for sure. Like the entire generation, even beyond Halo Two, um, and it. I think a strong art style, and again, scope. And when you mentioned Halo Three, Halo Three, when you clean it up with without running at a garbage resolution, looks absolutely amazing outside of like character models. Yeah, yeah. you know the lighting, the asset, the textures, all of that still holds up incredibly well. It's just the polygon count and some of the on um, some of the character models just don't hold up. Proven, what, what's your thoughts on it? Um, yeah, I think people who are expect who wanted Halo Infinite to be a kind of a graphical like masterpiece or showcase or kind of weren't exactly like listening to what three for three was saying because they've been saying for a while that they kind of wanted to return to the roots of Halo and, and Halo. Outside of, outside of Halo 4 and 5, Halo has never been like a, a graphical showcase. It's always been like a really nice looking game with a really distinct art style. But it's never been one of those things where it's like, it's, it's never been a game that's like pushing the console to its limit. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just think that with the delay, uh, there will be some polish. There's going to be some improvements, obviously, but I don't think it's going to be a dramatic a change which is fine like i don't think three for three needs to make the game like they don't need to push it to the brink just for it to be a good game yeah that makes sense so what what about you man do you have any on that sorry who <laughs> i think he's talking to jesse i think soul so. blazer oh soul blazer didn't oh. i just go 
Oh, I'm fairly certain I answered this question. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm doing that. You need like some I sleep, man. The other <laughs> I, I do need some sleep, you guys. You know, it's not easy when you have to do this shit twice. But anyways, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let the dust settle, and then I'll talk. All right. I think <laughs> it will look nice. All right, on to you. Oh, Define Jesus nice. Christ. Yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, I do think that they're going, they're working their way towards what the trailers were. Did they hit it completely? You know, I don't know. Obviously, no one knows, but I think that is the aim. Yeah. If they can get there with it in this open world with a more basic, um, you know, less Power Rangers y stylized <laughs> armor and stuff. You know, I, I like the direction it's going. So I think that is their goal. They showed this. They want to get there. And now they have the extra time to try and do it. So maybe. Now, I, I, I would like to add that not to push back on uh, Austin, or but <laughs> out, <laughs> no, <please do>. <laughs> <laughs> outside of Halo 3 and ODST, I would actually say that Halo has been a graphical showpiece. Um, well, you can also argue Halo 5 until the Xbox One X update because Halo 1, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I think Halo 1 was one of the best looking games of that shooters of that generation. Halo 2 pushed, pushed the bar and envelope probably further than the Xbox really could handle with all the texture popping and everything. But I mean, everything was running on normal maps. Normal maps was the, the high end thing, the, the fad. Um, Halo Reach looked absolutely bonkers and amazing with everything that they pushed out the out uh, on that system. And then same thing with Halo 4 looked semi-next-gen in some ways. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think Halo can very much... and sh- I don't think people are wrong for hoping that Halo is a showpiece title for any Xbox platform. And I, they could, I think with their initial... Both of their early trailers, you have the initial reveal trailer or the, the demo trailer, and then you have the opening cutscene trailer. Both of those impressed graphically, absolutely, but they didn't abandon the classic art style. Like art style and technical proficiency aren't direct, aren't mutually exclusive. And you can have something like the opening, the demo cutscene where it, it still represented the classic art style, but looked mind-numbingly beautiful and same thing with the first cutscene um that they showed off in 2019 so i i mean i agree with you that it's not going to be a, a killer if it's not a graphical stunner but i i hope it is and like jesse said i hope they i hope they're trying to move back to the original because i can understand that if xbox one and one x don't match the original demo demo quality that we saw in 2018 but the pc and series x they should they, they at least have the capability yeah. to yeah you make a good point i i would like to see it look clean i don't need to see it you know be realistic um but yeah i think we i think we've covered everything on that one and i we are running we're running late so i'm going to go to our last community question unless somebody really really wants to say something Okay, I want to say something. something. <laughs> no, did you, it sounded like you had something to say, Austin. It... Uh, yeah, I was like, I, I agree with you that like, I like, I, I think Halo Four and Five like looked great. I think 
Halo One for the time. I just like, for, for example, Halo Three. Like Halo Three wasn't wasn't Killzone. It wasn't Gears of War. So I I just don't think. Yeah. Like I don't think Halo. I think my point is like I don't think Halo needs to be the best looking game at the time of release to be the best game. I just think it has to. I just think it has to be a good looking game with like. I think what's more important to me is the art style. Like Halo Three today still looks stunning. That game came out thirteen years ago, and I just think the art style needs to be good, which it looks good. Like I don't think the there needs to be like some great. It doesn't need to be like the best looking game at the time. As long as the art style is good, then it should be fine. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't need photogrammetry in it. Yeah, uh, I, I'd you say mean, the only my I only. Think, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I think Infinite is using photogrammetry, though. Funnily enough, I think yeah. so. All right. Well, that's interesting. I, I'll be curious to see how they kind of remix that. Or I know some. I, I think that, that was at least assumed in the initial Digital Foundry uh, analysis of the 2018 trailer, where they showed like the bark and the cave textures and everything. Oh. I think. I think. And I wonder if they may have even announced that they were using photogrammetry. Yeah, that'd be but, interesting because I because I don't know that that would blend that, but it may, maybe they could stylize it too. So who knows? I, that technology is still brand new. I, I would say like the only thing I would add is I I just want it to be finished and whatever it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't want to hear that the, the tracing is. If they're going to add ray tracing, don't tell me it's coming in a patch later. Yeah, you know, no, just, at this point, get, it has to release with it. Yeah, yeah, I, it, it, and it's not that it needs a lot of it or like that. Just don't tell us that. Hey, don't worry. The, the checks in the mail. You know, <laughs> the rest yeah. of your graphics are coming later. The alarming thing to me regarding ray tracing is that your assets have to be authored with ray tracing in mind. So, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just hoping that the ray tracing implementation isn't half-assed, and instead, it does complement or maybe even mitigate some of the potential issues with their fully rasterized rendering that we would see on like the one X and one S. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to find out soon. All right. I'm going to go ahead and move it on to our final community question. And this question comes from Sean Hoare. That his uh, question is, do you feel infinite will be anywhere near as popular for views on say Twitch as current first-person shooter games, warfare, for example, you know, what leads to your conclusion? Right. What was that again? He wants is to know if the mainstream streamer. Top five on Twitch, basically. Yeah. Twitch. This is for all the kids. So I'm going to turn this over to Proven. That's awesome. Honestly, the thing about Twitch, like basically the thing, whatever the trend of the day is, is what's going to be popular on Twitch. So, like I guess, like what's the game Among Us or whatever? Like I, I literally don't know what that game is, but it's super popular. Yeah, and so, so if Halo, yeah, so if Halo launches with, like, if it's just basic Halo, it's four v four Halo, then I'm sure it's going to be popular for like a week or two. But I just don't see Halo being a top five game on Twitch or whatever, unless it has some like super popular mode, like some battle royale or whatever the newest trend is. Because that, that's basically what you have to do to be popular on Twitch is you have to follow whatever the trend is. And I don't know if Halo is going to be doing that. It's The streaming audience 
is so dictated by what the biggest streamers are doing. Yeah. It's like your shrouds and, you know, Dr. Disrespect on YouTube and, you know, whoever, what they're playing the most for a while. And then others start, you know, playing with them, that type of stuff really gives a big boost. And then, yeah, needing some a bigger mode than just arena or big team battle to keep that going. And you almost know, by that's their why nature, BR is in a blasting so long. Yeah. These streamers keep switching games because their viewers don't want to keep watching them play the same thing. So it's kind of like, it's kind of tough for one game to really stay up there. You know, the interesting uh, thing about Halo, though, is that one thing that's never really caught on from a streaming aspect is the Forge. And maybe it's just, maybe mm-hmm. it's just because that came out, that was at a tight back when there wasn't streaming. But I'm wondering if that if they if they do some really creative things with the forge if you might find modes that emerge, you know, just like you had the you know whatever the zombies mode, things like that kind of merge back in the day. I'm wondering if you might uh, if the community might end up creating some some game modes that actually end up being more popular than what the developers make. You know, that's that's always an, interesting. Yeah. An interesting, yeah. I mean, with Halo Five, it didn't really have a chance just because it was part of the, you know, uh, the there's just a lot of negativity around Xbox and yeah, the, Halo the Five came out at like literally the worst time. It was yeah. probably the worst year of Xbox ever. So. Yeah, yeah, plus that was, what, a year after all the controversy and drama surrounding the Master Chief Collection? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it... And I think... Now, granted, I'm no, like, pro streamer or even follow streamers like a lot of the kids today, but with with a lot of them having... With, with the immediacy of just social media or media in general, and it's kind of developed them having a the attention span of a goldfish, like... <laughs> It, I would think that it has to be quick and exciting or high tension and exciting. And that's why we see things like Shroud and um, that piece of shit with the mustache. Dr. Um, disrespect. I'm, yeah, he's, yeah, I don't like to say his name. But, uh, oh, okay. I thought you the, the one that likes to like stream from bathrooms. But, um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, it's now I know what you're talking about. Okay, keep going. <laughs> while cheating on his wife. Um, but you know, it, it, if Halo can have game modes or like what you're saying earlier with the Forge, if they have a game sharing feature, that I think that can contribute to the longevity of their streaming popularity. Um, if if you can, if they have game modes that generates a lot of excitement, that generates a lot of tension and Bomb. I hate to say bombastic because that to me just sounds Michael Bayish. Mm. But you know, um, I don't see. Uh, who knows though? We how many arena-based shooters do we have on Twitch now? Very little. None. Yeah. So I mean, who knows? Maybe Halo can be can be popular yep. just can just well, because it's it's in the minority. Well, th- sorry, there's been a rumor that. There's some big mode for Halo, but we don't know what it is. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just going to... I don't think they're going to do a straight-up Battle Royale because I just don't think they're going to do that. But I'm assuming there's going to be some... Yes, we'll You're assuming what now? We'll, we'll there's going to be a yeah. some 41. <laughs> so some, some sort of big map with a bunch of players on it. I don't think it's going to be a Battle Royale, like but it's going to be... Yeah, I'm assuming. I'm just assuming they're gonna do something. Where like, okay, okay, this is what players like. They like big maps, so we're gonna 
make a game mode with a big map. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and that's been my... Go on. Yeah, no, no, you can go on. I was going to change the topic a little bit. Uh, just That's been my contention with Halo's multiplayer, where you had Halo C, you had Halo 2, you had Halo 3, and to some extent Halo Reach, where they all push the envelope in certain ways. They all introduced new online community and multiplayer-centric modes that were revolutionary. And then starting with Halo 4 and carrying into Halo 5, they followed trends. So I, I don't think that Halo should have a Battle Royale mode. If they do in 343, you're, I'm sure you're not listening, but if you are, take my <laughs> idea. I'll take the check in the mail on what a Battle Royale should be on Halo. But I would, I very much rather them try to revolutionize and start new trends instead of following other trends. Yeah, I, That's I when Halo was at their best. That's when Halo's always been at their peak, when they had the confidence to start new trends. Uh, in terms of the question, the streaming question, honestly, I'm taking a look at uh, Twitch's page, and I don't think I don't think I even want Halo on here. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you know what people like? I, I, and I'm not a Twitch expert. Again, I would have to defer all this to Austin, But uh, it seems like people like stuff that is dynamic. Um, and I think that's where the arena would struggle. I, I don't know that they're necessarily looking for the sport as much as the... Unpredictable you know, nature of it all. Yeah. It's, it's twofold, right? You, you have the Twitch games, which are like just like random games with other stuff. Then you have the, the Twitch games just have a crazy amount of players like Fortnite, League of Legends, Warzone, Apex Legends, that kind of thing. You yeah. know, the, the reason why they're well, so popular is because you have hundreds of millions of people playing the game too, or tens of millions of people playing the game too, um, which well, that's might one of the, work for Halo. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that contributes to Battle Royale is that the unpredictable nature yes, of it that's all. that's true though. You're right. And, yeah. and I think that's where... Games like Sea of Thieves, that's where it built up the huge popularity mm -hmm. where you didn't know what was going to happen when you set sail. Yeah. Uh, in and, terms... And, yeah, sorry. And so, like, I, I agree with OBM saying that the arena-based game style may not contribute well to the Twitch audience. I think one place where it works very well, and it... Hello 5 kind of uh, missed the... I don't know how to say it, but maybe because of the launch, maybe because of the game's popularity. But the little I've seen of Halo 5 Esports is really entertaining. Like, these it teams is, know how to play. It's uh, the moves they make, the kills they make. It's actually fun to watch. And I feel Infinite really grasps that crowd right away and keeps, you know, buffing it up, funding it, whatnot. That could be a big potential in terms of Twitch streaming, etc. Well, that's why I wondered about it, because, you know, it, it Say what you want about Halo 5. It's it's four on four multiplayer is basically a sport. You know, it's yeah. it's as well balanced as anything out there. And you can see the skill the skill gap I'd say is even wider it's in insanely Halo wide. 5's arena, yeah, than than it is in, in the classic ones. So you know, and that did not catch on. So to me, it just tells me that the streamers like stuff that I don't know. They just like stuff that's really un less predictable or maybe, yeah. I don't know, just something that's uh, less predictable, not Halo. More dynamic games can have yeah. incredibly large viewerships for a while, and they'll keep those going. But there is an eSports undercurrent for streaming that is it's consistent. It might not hit the highs all the yeah. time, but you get a consistent viewer base 
if you know if it's a good well balanced a popular game it's going to be on more popular platform just by default it's going to start at a better place and if it's as fun and balanced as fives was i think it will just build a very large audience that will last longer than the trend games do yeah i, I think that's a really good point uh games like overwatch and valorant or valorant well, like during the first couple of weeks was in the top five game but as of now i think it's dropped off but it still has like, 30 the, the to drops 000. they had enabled everyone and for the beta everyone oh was, yeah that's kind yeah of fake anyway yes i i think if i don't think halo is going to be one of those games that's a top five game for two months straight but it could be if everything breaks right a game that's in the top you know 25 to 30 for a year if everything goes right it also depends, I think, on what else releases around that time frame. You know, if if there isn't any major next-gen, quote-unquote, multiplayer shooters that release between launch and Halo Infinite, with Halo Infinite being one of the first AAA... I mean, what what else is there between be, besides that? Call of Duty... Uh, yeah, Call of Duty. Uh, Overwatch 2, but I don't even know when that's coming out. Yeah, yeah. so what's, what's the next Call of Duty? Um... Uh, Black Ops, Black Ops, Cold, Cold War. War, Cold War, yeah. So other than Cold War, I don't. And then you know Overwatch, which we don't know when that's coming out. And even Overwatch, I don't know if I would consider like that next release, gen. When right? yeah, like the, if you have a Overwatch one, you get all the Overwatch two maps. I mean, yeah. Overwatch two just seems pretty useless unless you want the PVE content, pseudo story mode content. From what I understand, I mean, people have been so asking I, for PVE content. They gave it to them. Let's see how it goes. Yeah. So I mean, if if there's still that shooter drought, I can see Halo cracking the top ten or top five, assuming it's good. Oh, it looks definitely. Good. It'll be top to start. It won't. Um, depending on the modes it has, it may not stay in the top ten, but it'll definitely be there. Um, I mean, hell, the Master Chief Collection hit there consistently whenever it had new content. There's people who yeah. really care about Halo. Yeah. It's going to happen. Well, you know, the, the thing that's going to be that's... neat... Go ahead, Bert. Okay, ahead. I was going to say, the, the thing that's more important for Halo is, like, you could basically make any game and put the Halo name on it. It's going to sell a lot. It's going to be super popular for a while. But the thing that really matters for Halo Infinite is that it uh, sustains its popularity. I don't think Halo 4, it launched with, like, what, 200,000 players, and then in three months it dropped down to, like, 10,000. Yeah. So I, I just think Halo Infinite, to measure success for that game, it's not really about the peak. It's more about how many players are playing a year fr from launch. Yeah, the sustained. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And, and as long as it has that sustainability, sus I say I can't even speak, sustainability uh, <laughs> long-term, then they'll have a foundation to build off of. Because if it's a 10-year platform they they could probably take chances and i mean heck it could not hit the you know months after launch and then it, it, it could reignite again a year later because so that's the thing you could it, the thing that i always like to remind people of is fortnite was a failed double a game that turned into <laughs> yeah, you know turn into this monster so that, that was it, a, like a base defender game originally or something yeah yeah, yeah it was a, it was a nothing it was a commercial flop and then they copied PUBG and then Look at where they're at. So I think as because the the engine's malleable, it keeps supporting it. There's going to be some opportunities for them to take some chances, do some weird things, maybe find something that catches fire later. Uh, you know, uh, hopefully they they get Ninja's payout included that he plays 
a certain amount of hours of Halo every year. I was we'll just going to say that <laughs> Ninja's guaranteed to play Halo Infinite at launch. Yeah. And with Shroud being a big PC player, it's safe to say he's probably going to play Infinite. Oh, yeah, he's intimated before. He's really looking forward to it. Yeah. So I, I think the fact that it's going to launch on PC at the same time is going to open the doors to a lot of those very popular PC streamers. Yep. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to ch- I'm going to wrap it up there, uh, at least for those community questions. It looks like there was a couple pieces of news that just came came through. Uh, Don, I'll let you kind of just really quickly touch on one. I don't think we need a table for it, just uh, uh, yeah, since we were talking thing. price. Yeah, a uh, one of the promotions has come out from Nabisco. Do things like Chips Ahoy. Um, it's for cosmetics, and in it, it states the combined. ARV, which is approximate retail value for the grand prize of a Series X and a copy of Halo, is $560 US, which would indicate, with the system being $500, that Halo would be a $60 game. It's not full confirmation, but it is pretty good confirmation that they're sticking with six, uh, $60 bucks for anything that's smart delivery. Nice. All right. Thank you very much for that update. And then one last piece of news. It looks like Tom just broke that uh, they, they figured out the whole iPhone thing. So I guess we can, we can start thinking about um, Wait, they, they figured out what, sorry? the world of Who? The, the, um, he, he uh, Tom, that. Tom Warren from The Verge has reported that they are working on the Amazon Luna workaround for having a oh. browser-based version no way. of and streaming on iOS for next year to go along with the PC version of uh, Xbox game streaming for next year. So nice browser-based version you can use on iOS devices is supposedly the plan, according to our friend Tom Warren of oh, The Verge. That's super cool. That's a huge market that just opened up then. Once yeah, one of the main things a lot of us talked about, like, hey, look what Amazon's doing. I would imagine Microsoft's looking into this as well. And yes. Yep, there you go. So now we got that opening. They're, they're streaming on PC. It looks like he, Warren talked about that as well, a browser-based solution coming alongside the PC version of xCloud next year. Obviously, that ties into Halo, so that might be a for next time uh, because it looks like all the stars are lining for Halo to run alongside of you know the, the Series X and the server blades, updated technology, and getting the app everywhere. So that'd yeah. be uh, interesting to see how that all comes together in 2021. But I'm going to go ahead and wrap up to this week's show. Um, so do you want to go ahead and just tie up uh, regarding our Patreons? Uh, yeah. Um, uh, as you guys know, if you're probably watched to the end, <laughs> that uh, we do make more videos on YouTube. We have the website, the forum. We also have a Patreon. If you enjoy our content, if you like what we do, and if you have any kind of feedback at all, a negative, positive, super negative, I don't care, please let us know. We thrive off of it. We can change things, fix things. Um, but yeah, it's great to have you guys here. And if none of that works, we can just always block them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> all right, everybody. Uh, does anybody have any thoughts before we sign off? If not, I like uh, Halo. I think this episode is better than the last one. Halo is good. Two hours ago. <laughs> Halo is okay. <laughs> oh, oh man. Halo <laughs> is better than Proven's mic. <laughs> <laughs> Low blow. 
Thanks for watching. Yes, All right, everyone. Like, subscribe.